0: I'm Celeste Ng with the 10 Minute Writer's Workshop.
1: And I'm Virginia Prescott. Celeste Ng came out of the gate strong. Her first novel, Everything I Never Told You, was a New York Times bestseller and Amazon's number one best book of 2014. Her latest is called Little Fires Everywhere and it continues her exploration of family dynamics and the effect of being included or excluded from belonging. Celeste Ng has said in the past that her stories begin with images so we asked her where the images for this book came from.
0: Well, I started off thinking about a family that would come from my hometown, um, where there would be one black sheep who would sort of stir up some trouble. But the image that I think really started to pull the book together was that of the fire that opens the book. Um, It was actually inspired by a fire that happened here in Cambridge. A church had an electrical fire, and everyone was talking about it, and I went to go look at the sort of burned out shell of the building and started to think, oh, that might actually work well for this book.
1: And it was, did you see the idea of family in this fire? I'm trying to understand. I'm trying to understand how the family came out of that.
0: Um, well, I guess I always think of families as being sort of tinderboxes, that they're just ripe for all kinds of conflict. It's all just sitting there, and basically once one spark comes in, oftentimes everything sort of goes up in flames. And so there was something about the, the image of that building in the aftermath of what had happened, the smoke and the ash and the char being left over that joined up with that family in my mind sort of alchemically and, and got the story going.
1: All the little parts of this family come together in this book. Do you tend to look at families as a character that you're forming, one character, or do you begin with the individuals?
0: I always think of them as a constellation, which is a hedge, uh, not answering your question, but in that there are a lot of individuals that also are sort of forced to exist in a group, and it's hard to think of them as just part of the whole, and it's hard to think of them as not part of the whole at the same time.
1: How far do you go into developing the individual character history, so, you know, the sister, the brother, I'm thinking of your first book, for example, here, the, the mother and father all have their own distinct histories. How completely do you draw those out?
0: I spend a lot of time thinking about the characters. Um, I don't do it just as an exercise, but usually that's how I get to know who the people are, and that's how I get to know sort of what their issues are and what's going to drive them. And so for everything I never told you my first novel, I spent a lot of time sort of writing out what the father's history had been like, what uh, what had happened when he was born, what his life was like with his parents, what the mother's life was like with her mother, and you know what had happened in her childhood. And almost none of that is in the novel, but I think I had to sort of write that is scaffolding to get to the parts that I did use. So I I'd spend a lot of time digging.
1: I'm thinking about family lore. You know, there are stories in my family. I come from a very large family about, you know, Tom setting the fire, uh, about, you know, getting hit by a car. And, and I'm wondering how you create those kind of stories, which determine in many ways how someone is seen and how they interact in the family.
0: I think that's exactly right. You end up getting known as, oh, you're the cousin who stuck your finger in the electrical socket when you were a kid. You know, you know, Then that sort of follows you. That sort of shapes how everybody else sees you and it kind of informs your identity. Um, some of those I stole from real life. Um, some of them were inspired by real life where you know I, I did in fact have a cousin who was known for having stuck his finger in the electrical socket when he was a kid. And that's not in the book. But other ideas about what, you know, how the family then looked at him, like, you can't be left alone, that kind of feeling about who's trustworthy, who's not. Um, I, I, I eavesdrop frequently, and so I borrow things from other people, and then I try and push them a few steps farther so that they're more symbolically rich.
1: Yeah, and you're talking about how we get locked into roles in the family, which I think makes your book so interesting because the characters are straining at those roles in some ways. I wonder how you develop that, how you play with that.
0: Yeah, you you do get locked into those roles and I feel like you then get defined either by how you fit into the role or by how you're pushing against that role. I mean, I see that now, even as an adult with my sister, that whenever we get together, she is still the big sister and I am still the little sister and one of us is going to be right. Um, And so a lot of what I do is I end up in a process way. I, I write scenes with these characters in which maybe they're arguing or there are moments in which that relationship gets cemented. And that scene may or may not make it into the book, but that's a lot of the way that I sort of figure out the dynamics between them. I write a lot that doesn't ever make it into the final pages.
1: Right, and those help determine what happens in that particular role. How do you decide what not to include? You were talking about these histories that you develop. You know, how do you leave all that behind? Uh, Well, this is the thing about
0: killing your darlings, right, which I don't totally subscribe to, but I write a lot more and then I look back and I have to kind of put on my editing hat and say to myself, okay, what's the point of this paragraph? Is it just in there because I really like this character and I want to follow them around and show all the nutty things that they do? Or is is it actually showing something that's important about their character that will shape how the reader's going to see them? And a lot of times it's not, and I have to take it out. So um, I, I have a theory that writers are either putter-inners or taker-outers, and a lot of times I end up being a taker-outer where I go, yeah, I, I don't need that, I have to take that out. I don't need that, I have to take that out. And so for me it's write more and then cut down.
1: We grew up in families, and it's almost like we're in this bubble, right? And we have to meet the rest of the world. There's always this question of insiderness, outsiderness. Who are you inside the family, and who are you outside of the family? Lydia is beloved inside of her family. She's, la- praise is lavished upon her. Yet at school, it's a completely different story. Why did you set up that dynamic?
0: Um, I, am really fascinated by the idea that, you know, you see yourself in one way and that people outside you can see you in a completely different way. And I think a lot of the human experience is kind of trying to reconcile those two things together. It was just something that's always fascinated me because you trying to express yourself is, is such a big part of what we talk about. And in art, we talk about self-expression and yet what people are going to get from your expression is not necessarily what you meant to put out there. Um, and I'm just fascinated by that kind of paradox.
1: Right, and the inside-outsideness of this, which is a a theme, I think, in both of these books, uh, both of your novels, in a really strong way.
0: I do think that part of my um, experience growing up as one of very few Asians in the Midwest did sort of influence that because on the inside is, you know, as I lived my experience, I felt much like most of the kids around me, you know, we're doing the same kinds of things. We're eating the same kinds of foods. We're interested in the same stuff. And yet every now and then there would be moments where I would be reminded that the way people see me is not the way that I see, you know, the world from within. Um, And so race is a part of that. And then I wanted to sort of explore it in Little Fires Everywhere is again, the way that people, Um, regardless of race, hold all kinds of secrets from each other. And that again, that inside-outside perception is not necessarily in sync. Do you think
1: growing up, being somewhat of an outsider, somewhat of a remove, helped shape your vision as a writer? I mean, because you are, in some ways, looking at the world very different from yourself.
0: Yeah, I absolutely think that was a huge part of how I became a writer, or at least it it really fed the writing, Um, not just about race, but because I'm always wondering, what is it like to be other people? And so if I went to someone's house, I would always be looking around and going, oh, if this were my house, where would I put things? Uh, What would it be like to have this be my kitchen? You know, would I like it more or less than my own life? You know, how would it be different? And so that's always sort of how I've looked at other people is just, what's it like to be you and walk around like you? And I think that's sort of the fundamental question that a lot of writers are trying to to wrestle
1: with little fires everywhere. Also pushes at this idea of identity of who you were born to or who raises you determines so much. And, and I'm wondering how you you navigate that in your writing.
0: Yeah, I'm. I just I, I think a lot about sort of how we become the people that we are. You're, I think it's often um, you're trying to follow in the footsteps of the people who raise you, or you are actively trying to not be that sort of person. And um, the, that example from Little Fires Everywhere of the baby who's going to be raised by a family that's very different from her birth family seemed almost like a perfect sort of example to look at. To look at that, and so I did a lot of um, reading about how uh, adoptees, especially interracial adoptees, try to connect with their birth cultures, and also the ways in which they don't want to in the ways in which they identify with the culture that they're raised in because they feel both of those things usually and I did a lot of reading as much as I could about adoption narratives and about resources for parents who are trying to help their kids connect with their birth cultures and also trying to help them fit into the cultures that they're living in and, and got all of those voices in my head and then sat down to try to kind of synthesize them together. So family
1: identity could really be quite arbitrary.
0: It, it, it can be. I mean, I think that it's, um, it's much more fluid than we'd like to think that it is. I mean, I think we, we live in an era where we would like to think that most things are genetically determined and that, you know, if you grew up in a vacuum, you'd be the same person as you would be in any other situation. And I think that it's, it's a lot more give and take than that.
1: Your, pre, your two novels have been very much about families. Do you imagine yourself ever writing something completely different, you know, not drawn to the family unit? I
0: mean, maybe. I, I'm at the awkward point now where I'm trying to get started on a new project and um, I'm sort of having a, like, a, like a book hangover for a book that I you know had written and I'm trying to find myself a new space. Um, and I find myself being drawn to different kinds of stories, but they always end up centering around families. And I think for me, that is just one of the topics that I'm always drawn to. It's hard for me to to think about a character without thinking about their background. And when you get into background, you're pretty much always thinking about family. So I suspect that's
1: always going to be a big theme in what I'm working on. I recently had a sort of competition with someone about whose family was crazier. (laughs) (laughs) Are families just inherently crazy?
0: I think they are because they're, the paradox of the family is that these are the people who made you and that form you, and yet you are not the same person. And I don't know any family, really, that is completely non-crazy. I mean, they might be crazy in sort of benign ways, but there's always a certain amount of dysfunction. I feel like when people say that their families are totally well-adjusted, either their lives are very boring or they're just lying to me. Celeste thank you so much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
1: Celeste Eng is author of Everything I Never Told You, and now Little Fires Everywhere. The 10 Minute Writers' Workshop is a production of NHPR, produced by Sarah Plort with help from Taylor Quimby. And we urge you not to remain an outsider. Come on in and join us. Subscribe to the 10 Minute Writers' Workshop and leave us a review, which will help other people find us. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, I'm Virginia Prescott.